guys, let's give it up one more time for Jesus. More than a golf clap, he is here. That is awesome. That is all. That was beautiful this morning, man. I appreciate you guys just pouring out and, and singing from your hearts. It's so encouraging, and man, God absolutely loves it. And uh, so that, he is the reason we do it. So thank you for doing that. And uh, man, we are in week three of our series, Isolated Island. And we've been talking, for those of you who have not been with us the past two week or weeks, or maybe you're a guest, we've been talking about this concept. And it's a biblical concept that we, you will hear us many times say around here that um, this is a battle. So it's, it's a battle. If you haven't found life to be a battle yet, okay, uh, I promise it's coming. Uh, if you literally make up your mind to say, God, I want to follow you, life uh, is worth the living just because you live. And I want to live my life for you. I promise you'll. Uh, face some hardships and endure some hard times. And so we started right out of the gate talking about this series, how the enemy wants to draw you away uh, and get you in a place of uh, isolation and being isolated. And uh, that's his aim and his goal. And he did it. And week one, we looked, he did it right out of the gate with Adam and Eve. And uh, he literally drew them away, he drew them to a tree, he drew them to a place uh, to where uh, he was cunning, he was crafty, and so he began to uh, tempt them and entice them uh, to do something that was exactly what God told them not to do and it asked them not to do, and they thought that it was actually going to bring good into their life, and so the enemy doesn't paint the bad picture, he doesn't show you what's going to be bad, he doesn't show you the consequences, he only puts in your mind uh, and tries to work your mind to show you, man, that this is going to be good for you, and you can be like God, and you can be all wise and all-knowing, and it was a trap, and unfortunately, Adam and Eve fell of that trap. Week two, last week, we talked about David. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a wonderful example of somebody who was sold out, set apart for God and for the Lord, And uh, but yet we said this last week. We said the takeaway last week was the enemy doesn't mind the weight if he can watch you take the what, if you were here? The bait, that's right. He doesn't mind the weight. If he can watch you take the bait. So he'll beat you down. He'll exalt you up. He'll wait on you. He'll wait on you in the moments of success. We talked about that. And so we've looked at two examples, hopefully, that we can learn from and, uh, and not make the same mistakes and be drawn away. And uh, the, the, today we're going to look at an example who actually won the battle uh, with temptation. And next week we'll do the same. So two who didn't do so good, we learn from them. Two who did make it through, and we're going to learn from them. So no matter where you're at, God has a word for you uh, today to encourage you in this game uh, as you face the, the enemy and and he's drawing you away in the way that he does. And I, I said this to the 9 o'clock service, and uh, uh, basically that if, if you're just kind of coasting through life and there's no adversary against you and there's no pressure uh, and there's no warfare, uh, well, uh, I tell you what, man, uh, I can tell you, you are not in the place of God, okay? When it comes to that degree of being there to say, ah, oh, man, you know, because the Lord literally, okay, we talked about last week, he wants to mark you for his glory. And the enemy knows when, he, when you've been marked to say, I'm going to follow God no matter what. And he can't stand it. So he's going to come against you. And so I reminded the 9 o'clock service this morning, and that's why I said it was so beautiful, your praise this morning, uh, of just getting involved and singing with your all and giving God your all, whether it be hands raised, whether it be knees bowed, whether it just be a humble heart and sitting there and taking it in, however the Spirit leads you, is Satan absolutely hates that. And the reason is, as some of you may not know this, uh, but when Lucifer was his, was his first name, he's got many names, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, and, 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 and so on, but Lucifer was his first name, and his purpose and his role before he was booted and kicked out of heaven uh, was his role was to take everyone else and lead them in exalting God. 
And that was his role, according to Ezekiel and Isaiah. And so his role was to get them to exalt God. So when he would not humble himself, as Christ did before God, he literally, when he was kicked out of heaven, he said, one of his aims and his goals was is that I'm going to do anything and everything to keep people from giving allegiance and praise to God. I'm going, to bring, I'm going to grip them with fear. I'm going, to, I'm going to grip them with concern or worry of what someone else might think. I'm literally going to fight them the rest of their lives so that they do not exalt God, whatever that looks like, uh, in the way that the Lord is leading them. And so that's why it's always such a blessing, and it's freeing to come in and say, no, nope, Satan, you're not going to have your way. We know who God is. We join together corporately, which is uh, very powerful. Uh, we join together corporately to exalt God and God and have us the praises of his people. So good stuff. The takeaway to Today is simply this, you will not be shaken or overtaken when you live by the Spirit. And I mean the Holy Spirit, the capital S Spirit. You will not be shaken or overtaken when you live by the Spirit. And that's what we're going to look at to keep us from being drawn away to Isolation Island, to keep the enemy from coming against our marriage, to keep the enemy from coming against our purity uh, in our life and, and taking us out and taking us down. And so we, we can't, that cannot happen. You cannot be shaken or overtaken when you live by the Spirit. And here's the deal I want you to know about the Holy Spirit, okay? He is real. He is a real person, and if you are a true Christ follower, like if you, if you are a true Christ, you say, why does he keep stressing a true Christ follower? Because I just want to make sure that you know that you know that you know. I want to make sure that you're not resting on your parents' pedigree, that you're not resting on your good, that you're a pretty good person, and you're comparing yourself to your neighbor because spiritually there's none good, no, not one. And so I want to stress the importance of knowing that you know and the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit of, is a person living inside of you if you are a true follower. And so what's going to happen over your journey in your faith, you are going to hear him talk to you. You're going to hear him. It's a still, small voice. He's going to talk to you. Jesus said, I'm going to, I'm going to send him to convict you. So that talks kind of like a chastening, like, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, no, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And don't you take off that tree. Don't you walk up on that rooftop that you've already been walking up on, scoping things out. Don't you do it. You better stop doing it. You better stop doing it. And, 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 and it's in a loving, concerning way. It's just like those of us who have children, which is a good majority in here in a parent. If you're a good parent, all right, you're going to love your children, and you're going to love them, but, but God loves them. He's a good, good father. So that's why he warns us. That's why the Holy Spirit's inside of us to say, don't take the bait. Don't be drawn away. Don't let anything come in between your walk and your relationship with you and God. Don't let anything come in for those of the married in between your marriage. Don't let anything come in between you for those of you who may not be and you're striving with remaining pure and bringing honor to God. And so here is some truths this morning. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to a place where he cannot take care of you. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead you to a place where he cannot take care of you. So what that means is, is it means we, we got to throw all excuses out the door. We've got to throw all excuses out the door because no matter what comes against us, the Holy Spirit will always provide a way of escape or resources or a way for us to endure it. So right out of the gate, okay, know this, and you're going to hear these truths emphasized again and again, is that God would never tempt you. God would never tempt you. God would never tempt anyone. The temptation comes from Satan, Lucifer, the enemy. And the process of going through that is a test. 
And God will have tests for you in your life. And in those tests is where you, you are passing those tests. And as you pass those tests, you're becoming stronger in your walk with the Lord. You're becoming stronger as a believer. And so you will not be shaken or overtaken when you live by the Spirit. And He's not going to take you. He's not going to lead you to a place where He cannot take care of you. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is our wonderful example who took on human form so He can identify, He can sympathize with anything any human's ever been through. I mean, you just magnify it times a gazillion, and Jesus has experienced it. Jesus went through it, and he's saying the test can be passed. You don't have to follow the temptation. So it says, then Jesus was, everybody say led. Jesus was led up by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, growing up, I used to think in my mind before I looked really close to this text, I thought like many people, you know, uh, well, he was led by the, the devil. No, he wasn't. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be what? tempted by the devil. He was led up to be tempted by the devil. So this was a test in his life, just like Abraham had a test in his life in Genesis 22, where God said, hey, get up, take your son, take him up to Mount Moriah, and you're going to lay him on the altar, and you're going to sacrifice him. And it's just like Abraham's probably thinking, do what? You know, this is crazy, and he was smart enough not to tell his wife, and, and it was a test for him, and, and he's going up the mountain trusting trusting God in that situation, but he's coming off the mountain praising God because he knows that God is Jehovah Jireh. He knows that God will provide. I want you to know the same thing, regardless of where you're at, regardless of, of where you're at in this journey. If, if, if isolated islands over here and you feel like, man, God's over here and I've drifted from God, I've drifted from yielding myself to the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm right here getting close to the island, I want you to know God's going to deliver you. Before, before you make the mistake, before it's too late. Some of you say, dude, I'm already on the island. I got some confessing to do. God will hear your confession, and he wants to hear you confess your sins to him because he is a God of life. He is a God of grace. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances, and he wants to, uh, he wants to bless you. Listen to what Paul said about this concept of this temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, No temptation, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And then he says this, God is what? Say that word. God is faithful. Now get this. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, I want to leave this verse up for just a minute because some people have heard this verse before and they've caved and they've crumbled and they found themselves at Isolation Island because they took, they heard somebody take this verse possibly out of context or they read it out of context and they thought that they were a match for the enemy and that they could battle the enemy in their own power. You can't do it. And so the first step is that God is faithful. God has to be in the equation and start this process that he is faithful, that when temptation comes at you and against you, he is going to help you through that. And the reason you get through that and the reason you're able, that ability there, that ability that you're able to get through that is, is not because you're so strong and you understand so much about the Bible and you've been in church so long. It's because the Holy Spirit of God is living inside of you. And God is faithful that he's going to uh, speak to you through the Holy Spirit and surround you. And so there's a couple of, I want, I want to encourage you to write these down right here, okay, about temptation. So take out your pen, pencil, mascara, whatever you've got, and, uh, and write these few things down. The first one is this, temptation is inevitable. It's inevitable. In other words, everybody's going to face temptation. Everybody faces temptation. And if you're human, you're probably going to face it every week. You're probably going to face it every day. 
You're going to face temptation, and that's part of the world we live in. But we never, write this down, we never have to give in to temptation. Never. We never have to give in to temptation. Why? Because it says God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So there's always a way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way of escape. So on to being drawn away, on to being enticed, on to being the enemy trying to draw me away to Isolation Island. All along the way, I'm not just floating along here and not seeing the danger. You know, if I'm a believer and a child of God, the Holy Spirit inside of me, if I'm a believer, he's speaking to me all along the way. He's warning me. She's up to no good. You've got no business taking another look. She's not your wife. You need to drink out of your own well, the Bible says. You need to look at her like she's your sister. You, 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 need, you need to pay attention. Hey, hey, he notices you. He sure does. And your husband hasn't been noticing you like he should and loving you like Christ loved the church. That's not your husband. That's not your husband. And the Holy Spirit gives you a warning. He says, don't do it. Don't go there. And, and you've got, you got to be in tune. That's the only way. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit literally uh, is, is, is probably in my life that I, can, that I can look and say, man, is God real? You better believe he's real. And the way I know he's real, you ask me how I know he's real or how he, because he lives within my heart. And so in my tough times of life, students, in my times of being drug away to Isolation Island, my times of temptation just a little bit won't hurt, my times of wanting to sow those wild seeds and desires, my times of living in dysfunction and literally like the biggest hypocrisy probably that anybody's ever seen that would turn you off from God and turn you off from church, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my hardest moments. And he said, I love you. Ain't nobody love you like I love you. I love you, amen. I care for you. Don't go down that course. Don't go down that path. And I don't, I don't want to, God, God said, I, I, I'm not here to inflict harm on you. I'm not here to ask you to walk in a relationship where it's a burden and a weight to you. I care about you. I love you. I mean, I provided everything for you. He told Adam and Eve, I don't want you to walk in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there's so many people today, even Christ's followers. Yeah, they may not be living a wicked life. They may not be away. But they, and they may be showing up every Sunday to church, but they're still living in the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they're living with this mindset as, oh, I'm going to do God a favor. God, I'm going to look good to God, and I'm going to become God's pet as long as I show up to church. You know, but if I don't, ooh, God's going to be upset with me or God's going to be angry with me. That's no way to live. That's a weight. And so, so when it comes to living and walking in freedom and living by the Holy Spirit, there's a communion that takes place between the Holy Spirit and God, and we get to be a recipient and benefit from that communion because we're letting the Holy Spirit lead the way. And it's freeing. It's the tree of life. It's not a burden. It's not a have-to to get up on a cloudy and a rainy morning to go and worship God and to hear from Him. We get to. And that's what we want to continue as God leads us into that. We want to continue to see him lead his people into it as he builds his church here. So there's always a way out. He will provide a way of escape. And passing the test of temptation, what does it do when we pass the test of temptation? When Abraham went up to sacrifice Isaac, uh, when Jesus went to the wilderness and he passed the test, we're going to see in a minute, do you think he was weaker or stronger after that moment? He was stronger. He was stronger. And like we said last week, the reason that many of us, we don't mature to the process is we're, we're unwilling to be marked because we don't want to face the uh, adversary. We don't want to face the hard time. We, we, we'd rather coast, face a tough time. And so God can't complete this work that he began in us because there's going to be hardship in this life. Jesus had this hardship in his life. 
Jesus had times where he wanted the moment to pass in his flesh and human form. He didn't want to go through. All the way up to the cross, he went through everything. And in in the moment of the most intense persecution and pain and everything that he had walked through, he wanted out. I mean, he said, God, if there's a way out, (laughs) Lord, please let this pass from me. But there was, don't miss this, there wasn't a way out for him. And the reason there wasn't a way out for him is so that we would have a way out once he had died on the cross. Aren't you thankful for that, church? See that? The way of escape. The the way of escape comes for us because Jesus was willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done, Father. And so even in the hardship of being marked to live your life as a believer and a Christ follower from God, the way way out of escape, the the way your marriage is going to become stronger, the the way you're going to be protected, the way your children are going to be protected even when it seems like they're straying, is because you rest in Jesus Christ and what he's done, his work at the cross, by grace through faith. It's not of good works, it's not of yourself. You rest in that and you pray in faith and you say, God, you are able, you are able to work in this situation and deliver us. And so a place of escape because of what Jesus has done. And it's foolish to go looking for temptation. So we must recognize the difference. Here's what I want you to see today, okay? It says the Spirit of God in Matthew 4, verse 1. It says the Spirit of God, that Jesus was led away by the Spirit of God. There is a big difference in being led away and drawn away. So God leads us away. The Spirit leads us. God tests us, but the enemy draws us away. The enemy draws us away. So he has intent. He has harm. The enemy tempts. God doesn't tempt. He's never tempted anyone, and he cannot tempt. But yet there are tests that come in our life, and there's a difference. So being led by the Spirit allows you to endure temptation, where being drawn away encourages you to give in or fall to temptation. Adam and Eve, they were not led by the Spirit of God to approach the throne in the middle of the garden, to give in and disobey God. God was not leading them to disobey him. The enemy was waiting. It was a trap. He was cunning. He was crafty. He didn't show them the bad things. And that's the way it is, young people. That's the way it is, adults. He won't show you the bad that's going to come from it. He'll entice you with the good, the knowledge of good and evil. And this could be great for you. You could become wiser. You could know both good and bad. And the truth is, you disobey God and you jack everything up. Because before Adam and Eve jacked everything up, they were just two naked people hanging out with all they needed to eat. That's a good place to be. Could I get a witness? Amen. They messed it all up. Hallelujah. And that's the way God designed it. He said it was very good. Because God takes pleasure in what he's created and the pleasure that you give to one another when you do it God's way. That's a whole other message on marriage. But that was for somebody today in here to shout. All right. So... So we want to be led. We don't want to be drawn away. David was never led to go up on the rooftop, as we talked about. He was drawn by the enemy. And let me tell you something, guys. It wasn't his first little stroll up on the rooftop to survey and check things out, okay? And just like some of you, you already on that rooftop, you've surveyed the landfill. You are checking things out that don't belong to you, and God loves you enough to give you a warning and say, you've got no business doing it. Stop. It's a trap. The enemy wants to draw you away. You stop. You stop. And you trust God in that moment. And you, 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 you remain faithful to your spouse. You remain faithful if you're in engagement. You remain faithful in those relationships. Don't get yourself in a pattern to where you're going to be unfaithful. 
And young ladies, can I tell you something? You may not be engaged and you may not be in married, but the last guy you want to hook up with is the one you think's your Romeo and you've made him your rock and he's telling all his guys how many times he scored with you on the weekend. He's a piece of trash that needs to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ in his sinful state. And that's just the truth. Just like we all are apart from God in our sin with our ill motives. And the enemy uses that to draw us away into temptation. Listen to what James 1, he says this real well. James 1, 12 through 18, verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. That literally means, the same thing means endures temptation. Where it basically, uh, it means that when we endure temptation under trial, it says, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. And God has promised to those who love him, let no one say when he is tempted. Here it is. I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person, don't miss this. This is, this is like where the enemy's drawing you away. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed. Literally, the terms in the Greek here mean this, for those fishermen and hunters in the house and, 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 and fisher ladies and hunter ladies or whatever the case is, it means that you are being lured. And we've talked about that. It's like a, the animal is, is being lured or the fish is being lured literally to take the bait. And you would think, wouldn't you? you would think that a fish would, 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 with time, once he had taken a hook and treble hook into his mouth, that he would never take another one into his mouth. But he does over and over. Why? Because he enjoys the pain? Or he enjoys his path to the frying pan? I enjoy their path to the frying pan, amen? But no, that's not why he hits it over and over. It's because the bait, there's a lure over and over and over. And just like a good fisherman knows even on a bad day when most people pack it up and go to the house, a good fisherman will come out with a couple of hogs sometimes, even in the hardest of fishing. Why? Because he's going to throw everything in his arsenal. He's going to throw every lure he can. He's going to change colors. He's going he's to he's he's change everything, the, the movement, everything. And, and just like the enemy, just like you can even do in fishing, sometimes the fish may not bite, but sometimes you can get something that just frustrates them to death to where out of frustration... Boom, they take the bait, and then they're hooked. That's the way the enemy is, guys. In this process of luring you, in this process of enticing you, the same way with baiting an animal. Animal knows there's danger by there. They know, the animal knows there's danger. But just like Adam and Eve in stupidity, they, they get around that, and they smell, and they get closer and all that, and then they say, you know what? A little bit's not going to hurt, is it, student? Just a little bit. It's not all the way. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then, and then once you've had a little bit, he, he entices you a little more. He's drawing you. He's enticing you. He's baiting you to where eventually the trap closes the door on you if you don't heed and listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's why I said in my moments of hardship, my moments of dysfunction, my moments of hypocrisy, my moments of uh, my friends, you know, uh, uh, experimenting with drugs and, and, and the devil telling me, man, you don't need this Christian life. You don't need this stuff. You don't need all this garbage in your life, man. You just need some friends that will care about you and roll a doobie. Could I get a witness? That's not your true friend. Amen. But the enemy will tell you anything. You just need another woman. Your spouse doesn't appreciate you. You just need a guy and give yourself to him and then you'll feel loved and treasured because your no-beat dad hasn't been doing the job he needs to do to tell you you're of value and you're special and love you. If I hit you there, dad, take it up with the spirit. We've got to show our young ladies what real love looks like. Amen? Okay. The mothers, the mothers out amen this, guys. So we need to receive that. That's not just not from me. We've got to take up our role. 
We've got to take up our role and walk in that. So he says, blessed is the person. Then he says, when you're lured and you're enticed by his own desires. And look at verse 15. Then desire, when it conceives, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That's his plan. It's on isolation that he's going to bring the death. He's going to bring the pain. So listen to the Holy Spirit. How do you keep from jacking up your life? How do you keep from sleeping with somebody besides your wife? How do you keep your virginity and purity when most people are followers rather than leaders and following and crumbling to the temptation of the world when the world really wishes it had back what it gave up? Could I get a witness? Then you fall into that lure, that enticement, that trap. How how do you keep doing that? You, You better walk in the Spirit. So in my moments of hard times, in my being drawn away to isolation island, and the devil trying to use everything, dysfunction, hypocrisy, abuse, trying to isolate me to a place to take what he has to offer. But thank God, thank God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because he entered my life as a six-year-old child when he drew up on my heart. He said, I love you. I know you're going through a tough time. I know nobody understands. I know you can't tell anybody because your own mother's been told that she'll be killed if she tells anybody what you're living in. But I see. I hurt. I love you. I love you. And you know what? I love you enough to tell you, stop. I love you enough to tell you, don't go there. I love you enough to warn you before you get addicted. I love you enough to warn you before you violate and defile the marriage bed. I love you. Listen to me. Listen to my my voice. I'm inside of you. And by the way, when you disobey me and you allow yourself to be drawn over there, guess what? If you're a true believer, you just took him with you. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. So what does that mean, young people? You just need to go ahead if you're a Christ follower, if you're in an unfaithful relationship and giving of your body and tell Jesus to come on in. To come on in. If you're unfaithful to your spouse, you just need to look at Jesus and the Holy Spirit and say, come on in here. Because that's what the Bible says. We're literally, we're literally taking Jesus into that situation because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. This is serious. And he says, I'm a good, good father. I love you. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. Of his own we will be brought, uh, he brought us forth by the word, get this, the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of all his creatures. The word of truth, that we're to be cleansed in his word. Husbands, just like we are to Ephesians 5, we are to wash our brides. We're to love them as Christ, love the church. And like the washing of the word that cleanses them. And we are, to, we are to be a part of that and allow the word to wash our lives. So how do we beat temptation and how do we develop endurance? Because the Bible says it's possible. Well, what did Jesus do? Look at verse 3 and 4. Even what appeared to be making him weaker was actually making him stronger. Verse 3 and 4, Matthew 4. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, big boy, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, why did you say because what appeared to be making him weaker was making him stronger? Because Jesus went to the wilderness and he went for 40 days without food or water. A supernatural fast. 
And what would literally seem to be making him weaker in the flesh was literally making him stronger. The same way when we do the 21-day fast and we get serious about it, there may be a time where you feel, man, I'm weak. i got some headaches. I'm feeling, I'm feeling weak. But your dependence on God is so much more. And God shows you that I'm stronger. God shows you then more than any other time. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God shows you then that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And then he begins to work in your life and, and lead you like he wants to. He begins to save your marriage. No one else can do that but Jesus. Your job can't save your marriage. Your kid's ball team can't save your marriage. It can't make it stronger. And he says, walk in the spirit of God. And that's what, that's what Jesus did. He was becoming stronger. even that. And so he literally, how did, how did he beat temptation? He starved the flesh, number one. And to starve the flesh, guys, means that we die to the sinful desire. He, he fed the spirit. He, the, the evil spirits fled from him. Why? Because he fed them the word. He said, chew on this a little bit, you big loser. So when the enemy come along and said, oh, I know you're hungry. Once you turn those stones in, it would been like for us. Once you turn those stones into old Charlie's yeast rolls with a pound of butter, could I get a witness up in here? Church about over. We'll get there, all right? That's what it would have been like. Or for me, won't you turn that into cold stone cream? You gotta have it, baby. Bunch of sissies that get to like it. I mean, I don't know what you what you're doing, but gotta have it. All right. And, and, and notice he walked by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do or to keep you from doing things in the flesh that you want to do that are going to jack you up, that are only going to temporarily gratify you. So what did Jesus do? Jesus reminded him of God's authority. Look at verse 5 through 7. He reminded him of God's authority. He said, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If, here's another, if, if, did God really say? Oh, God, no, man, God. If, if you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Hey, hey, big boy, again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus looked him right in the eyeballs, and I'm telling you, this is powerful. Jesus looked him right, and Jesus took him back to the Father and the Father's authority that you are, you are challenging the Father. You are basically uh, testing the Father, and you cannot do that. He reminded him of God, the Father's authority, and then I believe Jesus stepped up and reminded him of his authority and who he was because literally Jesus is God. He is God. He is God. And so Satan was no match for him. You say, well, I'm not God. No, but you've got God living inside of you if you're a believer. That's why we don't attack the enemy, and that's why we don't try to tackle our temptation and our enticement and our luring away in our own strength. We send the Holy Spirit to answer that uh, call when, uh, of being drawn away. So we do not walk in our own authority, our own power, but the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew the world had nothing to offer compared to his Father's plan. Look at verse 8 through 11 as we close it out and the band moves in place. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Could he do that? Sure he could. He's doing it to you, isn't he? He's doing it to me because he's the prince of this world. Let me give you, let me show you what the world will give you. Let me show you what another relationship will give you. Let me show you what shopping when you're down and depressed and discouraged and being out of control shopping will do for you. 
And it only mounts. Let me show you what alcohol and drugs will do for you in your time to make all your worries go away. And he's a liar. It only builds up. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Remember, that's his aim and his goal. You fall down and worship me. You say, man, I would never fall down and worship Satan. Mm, You might. You might if you don't give God what God desires. Because you're going right back into Lucifer's plan. As long as he can keep you from fully surrendering to God and walking in the tree of life and freedom, you might. We might in our expression to God. Then Jesus said to him, be gone. Everybody say, be gone. Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now look at this. Then the devil left him. Praise God. And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. See, Jesus, he passed the test. He understood what Solomon had said. If I gain the whole world and lose my own soul, if I have all the palaces, if I have all the women, if I have all the concubines, if I have all the wine, if I have more than anybody, all the gold and silver, if I have what the world has to offer, man, and then he got to a point, he said, I've had it all. He said, I've had it all. Just like Tom Brady, students, shared, I think, in the last motion. It was Tom Brady, right? I've had it all. I've had it success. I've had everything that comes from the world with success. But you know, for some reason, I just can't find peace. I just can't find peace. Why? The world's got nothing to offer. It's vanity. It's chasing the wind. And so as you bow your head and you close your eyes this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you. Just like we did the 9 o'clock. I want you to ask yourself this question. What are the pivotal moments in your life that you can say clearly you heard from the Holy Spirit of God inside of you? What are those pivotal highlights? I shared, I shared one or two of mine. Can I tell you, if you're a true Christ follower, the first one should be is when he spoke to you and drew you to Christ and drew you to the love of God and drew you to salvation. You can't rest on your parents' pedigree. You can't rest on the fact that you might be better than your neighbor down the street or the hypocrite leading in the church. You can only come by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When can you say clearly the Holy Spirit of God spoke to you? And then when can you say clearly you know the Holy Spirit of God's inside of you? Because of relationship, not religion. When is that? And if you're here today... And you say, I can't say for sure. I have no clarity if the Holy Spirit of God ever truly spoke to me and convicted me and comforted me in my tough times and guided me. Then I would say to you what the Bible says, today's the day of salvation. So right there where you're at, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to come to the Father, that's the only way you can come to the Father. I want you to tell Him inside your spirit, say, dear God in heaven above, I don't know you. I mean, I know about you. I understand you, but God, you're here not to be just understood. You're here to be experienced. Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you forgive me of all my sins? And would you save me right now in Jesus' name? I totally trust in you and totally follow you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for giving me this new life, eternal and abundant. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate everybody in the building? Celebrate. Somebody might have prayed that. Amen. If you prayed that, you've got to share it with us. You've got to share it. You've got to share it. Come tell us. We'll be over here, counselors. We'll be over here. Come share it. Write it on a card. Write it on something. Put it in the offering plate. And dear child of God that knows you're a child of God, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to pray to God and say, God, I want to walk by the Spirit. I don't want to be drawn away to Isolation Island. And you get serious with God. And you make during this time a response. You do your own prayer time with Him if you're a believer. You should be able to pray if you're a believer. You do your own prayer time with Him and tell Him your commitment and tell Him that you are you don't want to live in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You, you don't want to live being beat down. You want to live in freedom and you want to live in life today. So you tell Him that. As we stand, we sing. Dream Team's coming to pass the buckets. That's for faith family members to bring God what it's His. Yes, you just drop your information in there is all we ask of you. Let's sing, let's worship, let's praise Him, let's pray, whatever you need this morning. He is jealous.